Welcome back to the Escape Rope Podcast. My name is Fung. And I'm Ron. If you guys love the podcast and you find something interesting that, that we dish out for you guys, consider subscribing to our podcast, guys. What are we talking about today, Ron? Well, I think this is something that's on everybody's mind. It's been on a lot of people's mind for probably about three months now. And it's the, uh, the coronavirus. It's sort of peaking on its head right now. Like it's, 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 it started creeping up and then now the whole panicking situation that everyone's like in kind of reveals itself pretty badly, right? Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when, you know, when you don't prepare or when the government doesn't have a prepared response. How, how can you prepare for this sort of situation? Uh, well, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. The reason why we aren't doing very well, we as in Australia, um, aren't doing very well is because we are... We have been very, very lucky through the SARS, through the bird flus, the swine flus. We've been really relatively untouched by those um, pandemics. Sort of uh, complacent about it. Yeah. About you know, this, this particular event, right? Well, the fact that we are so, you know, very much isolated from other countries because of how far we are from other pieces of land, we just, we just have a, you know, at that level of complacency that we think, oh, you know, we're, we're an island. It will be pretty hard to, you know, to, for, for that to come over to, um, to Australia. But, you know, with, with, you know, international travel and, and, um, whatever else, it's just not, it's, it's, it's not like it used to be where we're super isolated. And the fact that we have, um, been so lucky that we haven't really been touched by the previous, um, epidemics or pandemics or whatever that might be, that has basically left us unprepared. Right. Right. And when there is a, a perception that, the government is not prepared. The people sort of take things into their own hands. They start to get fearful. They start to panic. They start to think for themselves or think about themselves. And that's where all of these hoarding, these brawls at uh, the shops. Good, man, um, seriously. Not good, but good God. Like this situation yeah. that we're seeing right now uh, in, in shops and like the, how people are behaving is so disgusting. You know, it's pitiful in my, in my books. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And, you know, what is really disappointing is this, you know, from, from a government standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, it just, I, I just never felt like, you know, we should be confident that these guys know what they're doing. But I, th- I think that the, the perception of the government in Australia has always been the case. That they don't know what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, but, it's I mean, the, pretty, the, the thing it, is like economy, that sort of, sort of takes time to either go bad or um, get better, right? Yeah, this thing sort of comes out of nowhere. There's no preparation. For example, if there's a you know right now we have a uh, you know we're in a housing bubble again, it's gonna pop at some point. And if you think it's gonna pop, then I guess you can you'll start preparing for it. Mm. To your point about the economy, it, it goes up and down. My economist friend Kim, I'm not sure if you met her before. She said that this is a very unusual situation because usually the economy takes time to collapse. Correct. Or it takes time to get back on its feet. It, or, yes. So it has to almost get to a, yeah. a point where, okay, the foundations just can't hold it anymore. Mm. And, and, and you can almost see it coming, but some people just don't believe that. Don't, don't believe that those foundations are going to fall. It's when like the rumors start popping up here and there that you, start, you really should start paying attention. Yeah. But according to, to Kim anyways, the fact that, yeah, the, the fact that we have this whole coronavirus situation is very unusual and people are not sure what to do with, like what to make of this. And at the same time, you, you can see the economy collapsing. In, in real time. Yeah, yeah, in real time, right? So it's very, very interesting to see because like 
when you look at uh, Woolworths or Coles or any other local shops, people are starting to hoard. Like business seems to be booming, right? People yes. are taking advantage of like the situation, making a ton of money. But later down the track, and I've actually talked to my uncle about this because uh, he owns a, a local gro- Asian grocery store. He said that, yeah, it's good now, but one or two months down the track, not even you won't even you won't even you won't even be able to get any of the stock because the supplies would run out and this is a case with toilet paper right it's a classic example because there's not enough for anybody now well that's technically not true because there is enough it's just being hoarded put that out of, put that out of your head for yeah. a second but like the fact the, the, the fact of the matter is that this situation with toilet paper, paper is what's going to happen down the track with, with most of the other items uh, necessary sure. items to live and so, yeah, so this is what you're saying. Like, because there's no supplies, demand is high and thus shops can't meet the demand and people is like, they're going to panic and just boom, that's it. There goes the economy. Now, in saying that, I have, I have something to say in regards to the whole uh, entrepreneurship and like people holding this stuff and jacking the price up on, on say <laughs> places like uh, Facebook yeah. markets and, yeah. and Gumtree. To those people out there, this is an entrepreneurship podcast and- as an entrepreneur, as a, as a boss myself, I have to say that this is not how business are made. This, you don't take advantage of this situation to make money, right? By take advantage, I mean stepping over people's head, using their need, right? Like their dying need and try to jack up the price and make money off that. That's not how business is made. No, and it's not a sustainable business either. It's not. Entrepreneurship should be about providing value to people, hmm. not taking advantage of your customers. So that's one of the things that I, I'm like strong, strongly against. Yeah, it, it might be funny to, to laugh at, you know, like people selling a, a roll of paper for a hundred bucks or there's other, other people I've seen on, on Facebook market. Um, rip, you know, I, don't know, I don't even know why they would take the time out of the day just to like, you know, taking uh, single sheets of toilet paper, <laughs> put them in little plastic bags and selling them for 50, 50 bucks a pop. <laughs> it's funny to laugh at, but... It's, it's on, on the serious note, that's not how- Well, I mean, for those who are actually yeah. trying to make a business out of that, yeah. that's, you know, kind of disgusting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a story about this guy in, in, in the US actually hoarding um, hand sanitizer as well. And he was making a killing on Amazon. And I commend Amazon for doing this. They shut all listing, his listing down. So now he's stuck with a, a, a whole load of hand sanitizer in his uh, garage and he doesn't know what to do with it. So apparently- Apparently, like price gouging is against the law in in that in that state, and I think because he was caught for price gouging, I think the state actually took all that stock away from him. Define price gouging for people. So essentially, that's when you find um, something that that people need, like a something essential, uh, when demand is down, and you just raise the price basically three, four times what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to cost. Isn't and it these like, are absolute essentials. Yeah, yeah. It's an, it isn't like, a, what, what's that that guy, Farmer Bro? What's his name? Oh, uh, um, yeah, the, the the guy who did uh that drug and raised it to like $700 or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, I can't. Oh, oh no, Martin, Martin S. Yeah, Martin, whoever. It, that's, so that's a classic example of a price gouging, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no reason why, um, it, it should cost that much. Uh, and um, I, I think that's a kind of a disgusting um, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so this guy with all the uh, hand sanitizer and, and toilet rolls or whatever, that's, that's all been taken away from him. And now I think he's, um, he's dealing with like a potentially a criminal charge. Really? Price card, yeah. Is, is that, I, I read I that, I read I that today read, or yesterday. Yeah. I didn't actually read that, that part of the story. Well, I think, I, I think it, it sort of only just um, developed in the last day or two. 
Yeah, that's that's so disgusting. And also, I've heard Woodworth blocking a, a certain time of the day just for the elderly, which is good, yeah. so that they can come in actually buy the essentials. And I highly commend businesses being being able to do, to do that and helping people. Uh, so big big hands, a big clap to them for me for me, anyways. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't work today because um, while it was open early today for the elderly and the pensioners or whatever, the the, the stores weren't stocked. So what they're doing is, I think on Wednesdays, Wednesday night, they're going to open, they're going to close early. So then the workers can actually restock all the shelves. Um, so then the day after when the pensioners do come in or the elderly do come in, the, the shelves will be stocked. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of hard. It's, it's a hard situation right now because you, everyone's reacting and they're not sure what, how to implement all these like new policies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, with all these hoarding, it's, you know, like I said before, people are scared and when they're scared, they, they, they do things which they think helps or um, or protects them from from impending doom. So, you know, for, for them, it, it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to hoard toilet paper, but everybody's doing it. It's, it's and if everybody's doing it, then you should probably do it. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's the mindset. Mass, it's mass hysteria. It's, yeah. it, that's what it is, right? It's it's mass thinking. And, and that's, that, that's the issue when there's no, when there's a lack of strong leadership, when people are scared. People don't have to shouldn't be scared of this. I mean, it's it it, it is a dangerous um, virus, but it's not like it can't be managed. The problem is that we sort of let it become yeah, what it yeah. is. It, it I like you know how my motto right ninety nine percent of emergencies are not. And sure. yes, the virus can is lethal. That's not a it, it's a fact, right? Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that it's probably not as bad as people think it might be. So the problem there is, what do you think people think? And is that really a reflection of what people actually think? Like, we're talking about the masses. What do I actually think of it? Yeah. Like, do, do you think, uh, are you thinking people are thinking this is the end of the world? Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I'm sure there are people who do think that, but that's certainly not the majority of people. Well, thankfully, most people around me, anyways, in my, my near vicinity, are keeping their head cool. Yeah, I think most people, most people do... Um, are, are pretty um, reasonable. It's just you know, but, what, what we see, what the news shows are those people when, who are when holding I, When I see this shit. kind of situation where people are doing something, the majority of people are doing something, I tend to look the other way and play that down, right? I'm still going training, right? I'm still, I, I, don't, I don't care about that. Um, well, by I don't care, I mean, yes, I am cautious. Like I am pretty mindful of who I'm rolling with, but it doesn't change the fact that uh, if I do get it, then I know where I got it from. Right. Okay. But so what does that mean? Meaning that I don't think of anything of it. Like if I look at what, what the media is thinking or saying and look at what people are doing, then I try to not do the things people are doing. If that makes any, makes any sense. Because like when we had a previous conversation yeah. where you, you said that, all right, because you're not, uh, you're not considering to stop training, that's like my ego's talking. Well, I mean, my, my, I mean, this is like, to me, this is kind of like, you're you're doing the opposite of what the the, yeah. the masses are doing, right? You know, which is, you know, that that's one one path to take. But the question is, why do you take that path? I mean, what is the reasoning behind it? Because you don't want to do what everyone else is doing. Is that backed up by any sort of scientific? Man, if I was to say, if I have to go into the scientific route, I think I might have to do some more research into it. So, but yeah. 
I just don't see the need to panic. No, right? I mean, I think we're, we're both in agreement with that. Yeah, so I think for, for me, it's I need to see more evidence. And because it's not in my near vicinity, like the virus hasn't hit, then it doesn't really give me an, an, an incentive sort yeah. of to, to act on it. And, and I think that's the, you know, there's, there's, there's two, you know, the, there's a spectrum of people, right? There's those who are like, okay, we, 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 we started preparing three years ago for the end of the world. Doomsday preppers. Doomsday preppers. <laughs> to be honest, I'm a little jealous that they have a little bunker that has all the food in it because I want to chill on that and just eat all the food. That's kind of my fantasy. And then, and then you have those, the, the other, on the other side of the spectrum who are like, oh, it's, it's nothing. You know, there's a earth killing asteroid coming and then you're like, oh, I don't believe it. You know, whatever. There's, there's always those, um, those people at the end. And then there's the majority who are, who are in the middle. Right. And the, the way I see it is the correct response is somewhere in the middle. It's not, I should have prepared three years ago and it's not, Hey, don't worry. Not, nothing's happening. It's somewhere in the middle where I got to take precautions. I need to know what the risks are. I need to know um, what I need to know what this is what this is about. You know why this is causing the sort of response. Let, let, let's not talk about the fear of people. You know people get scared of every, everything, right? Let's talk about the response from from experts. Let's talk about the response from the countries who have done well to um, curb the curb the spread. And what they have done is might be a little. You know what what, what you what you might see is overblown, but. When you look back on it, if everybody else is, you know, has a super high mortality rate, the cases are going off, you know, off the charts, and your country is doing pretty well because you did those things at the start. What's what's the what's you know your your, your message? Basically, what you're saying is like, what's the harm in taking a little bit of precautions, right? Well, I mean, what's what's one of your um your mottos, right? Like, do it. What? Sorry, I'm paraphrasing. Was do it now and apologize apologize later? (laughs) Is that is that what the the term was? It's uh, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> I say this all the time. Why am I going like, drawing a blank right now? Something, something along those lines of do ask, it. Ask, uh, what's it called? Ask for forgiveness, not, not yeah, permission. Yeah, that, that's no. right. So if you over prepare and you did, and and people are inconvenienced, you can apologize for that. But everybody's most people are alive. All right, cool. All right, I think I have an answer for this. Is I think it's because right now my mind is thinking. All right, cool. This is the mass hysteria. People are scared about like uh, about this whole virus thing. They're taking dumb actions, this and that. Yeah. Um, and you're obviously taking like uh, precautions about it. You're I'm, not I'm trying to be you, level-headed as well. Yeah, you're, you're being level-headed. You're actually doing your research. You're sending me articles to read about it. Like I should be doing that, but I'm not. Um, and thank thank you for that. But you're also not doing stupid thing and going the whole toilet paper right well, so you're, you're not physically you're not, kind because there's no toilet paper left of the show <laughs> but yeah what, what i'm trying to say is trying to say is that you're 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 being level-headed you're being analytical and you're making a cautious decision now for me it's like all right i don't i don't even look at those people i'm not gonna do some analysis of it because i've got some more pressing matters right now right my pressing matters is that my business is not running okay okay so this is this is kind of I think this is kind of why I'm not actually like do, doing those research and trying to live my life because I'm trying to f- figure out like how to keep things stable in this uh, sure. in this sort of um, in, in this climate because this whole situation is causing me grief, a lot of grief because I have no income. I have a lot of cost. Uh, my, my, my some of my bank accounts are in negative right now because I'm I'm not able to to trade, and that's why I'm not putting so, so much thought into this whole situation. Because I'm trying to figure out how to survive. It's it's one of those um, being being um, sort of in debt or having 
financial issues or having that stress keeps you from thinking about things from a reasonable kind of from from, from a reasonable level. Yeah, I mean, I'm in survival mode right now. Yeah, like I'm sure I'm sure if you can hoard toilet paper to survive, you probably would. Desperate like, enough. That's that's when I, uh, in regards to the whole toilet paper thing, <laughs> I, I found that funny because I'm like, ah, I prepped before you guys. I've been using a bum gun for X amount of time. I don't have to worry about it, which yeah. is true. <laughs> like I have a four, what's it called? One of those four um, uh, toilet paper rolls in the in the packet, and I've only used one of them. There's still three left because I've been using a bum gun, and that that packet has been sitting there for like a month at least. Can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, switched over to the bum gun yet. Um, Anyways, I, I want to I want to know what's your mindset because you actually spoke about uh, yeah. before we started the podcast. You actually spoke about being worried since you're actually trying to get a mortgage for you for your new place. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're comfortable talking about this. Well, I mean, I, I guess from a like a high level standpoint, you know, when most people go for their mortgage, they are probably putting almost every dollar they have towards a, a deposit, um, and once the mortgage is sort of settled. You know, most people are probably fairly low in cash flow, um, and and during these sort of um, crisis, we just turn to an economic crisis as well because you know we're going into recession. It seems like um, businesses it's well heading that way. Businesses tend to cut back, and I feel mostly comfortable that my job is secure. But you just never know in this sort of climate. You just you just never know, especially since you just started it. Um, if they if they give you the a if they give me the boot, I get I get nothing. Exactly. You don't even have a redundancy to I fall get back on. Yeah. Two week notice and that's that's it. And hopefully I have I will smile with my money and all my money's gone going to a, a mortgage. So yeah, so it's it's always I mean, it's really just dawned on me sort of in the past few maybe past month or so that, that it's it's becoming a a I wouldn't say a real possibility, but it's gone from sort of zero point zero zero one percent to maybe zero point one percent. And that's sort of slow. I think as we sort of go further deeper into our flu season and as this thing continues to spread, I think it's going to go to 1%. And, you know, the possibility is going to probably grow as the, the strain on businesses become, you know, tougher. Hmm. Like if you think about your your staff, for example, they, they, they work for you because you provide them with a steady source of income. They work for you when you have markets. When you don't have markets, you, you can't really employ them, right? Yeah. What happens to them? I mean, I'm sure you can. You do what you can for them, but I mean, there's not everybody's I mean, tightening the belt. I, not to sound, you know, apologetic about this. It's 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 really out of my hands. Right? I can't even tell them when when the markets are going to be back on. Right? It's not like I have a shop where you know for a fact that this is going to be running for for you know for a more steady amount, like a longer amount of time. Yeah. This is literally events, and the Australian government, uh, federal governments, has basically banned any events over 500 people, right? Which means that any sort of like recreational events such as markets, festivals, or whatnot, at the door. I've had, I have like two, I had like two, three emails just today saying that their yearly event is gone. It's, it's just canceled, right? And even at the gym, some of the boys uh, have said that competitions have been canceled left, right, center as well. Um, what we're talking about? Yeah, yes. I mean, so, it about, like takes a stuff, toll it's, it's, on, it's yeah. As yeah. a business owner, it's out of my hand. I can't really do anything about that. I'm also in survival mode. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. That's um, that's a bit of a I wouldn't say a crazy surprise. Something that we should probably be expecting. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot of companies that we think are solid, generally solid, that are going to be coming into cash flow issues, and they probably might go bankrupt. So you know, with the 
the whole you know retail industry sort of getting destroyed by Amazon. That that whole thing is already happening, and now with this thing where shops can be closed, there's not going to be people around shopping. It really depends on each company and each businesses uh, being able to weather this out. But but yeah, I absolutely agree. The problem is that a lot of these companies who have you know pretty good cash flow, they can survive for a little while. The problem is like how long is this going to last? Even if you're a good company and you you have the a good amount of cash flow to keep the company running, at some point you probably have to come back, cut back on, on staff, and at some point you might run out of cash, even though you're supposed to be solid. Anyway, so yeah, like like I said before the podcast, I think this is going to be a six month to a year, who knows, a year and a half kind of thing to recover back to to where we are before this. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about what sort of help I've seen from the government. Um, in terms for, for small businesses. And before I get into that, I strongly urge any listeners out there who listen to our podcast to assist local businesses. Go out and spend locally. It might be a bit bit more expensive, you know, just to buy a, a couple of essential things, but it helps in the long run, okay? Um, and with the help I was talking about in terms of the government, like the, uh, the, the, the Scott Morrison um, government actually Put out a statement um, that you can find. We'll put up a, a link on our on our show notes as well for small businesses. Anyways, they've actually done a couple of things. Like three three of the main things that I've seen that sort of applies to me. That's, that's why I want to put it out there for people. Uh, they've raised the, the 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 instant asset write off, so tax write off from thirty thousand dollars to one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So if if you have some spare money and you want to invest in something to to to, to boost your cash flow, that might, some equipment that might boost your cash flow. Do it. It's a good time. You get like an instant hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars tax write off. Meaning that if you if you profit at the end of the financial year, all of that money stays in your account. It is paid. Is not paid to the bank. I mean to the ATO. Second thing, there's a cash flow assistant. Yeah. So cash flow assistant. So the Scott Morrison government actually announced a six point seven billion dollars uh, boost in cash flow for employers. So each small business who have been affected by this situation can get liquid cash from $2,000 up to $25,000 to help them for the next couple of months. So I, I'm not sure how, what the criteria is. It's, it's, it's fairly new, this article that I, uh, I read, but um, it has something to do. I, I urge people to, to do some reading of this, but it has something to do with like uh, how much you pay your employees and, and, and your bosses and whatnot. So this is from what I know though, this starts on the 28th of April and you will get liquid cash from 2000 to $2,500 or $25,000. So that's two. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good money. Like, and hopefully that will help some people out. And I myself hopefully will be able to benefit out of this. I just have to talk to my accountant about it. Again, I will have this, this article on our show notes. So if you want to read about it, please do. So on the, um, on the topic of uh, the impending recession, I have another list. What you can do to prepare for a recession? So this list that you got here, mm-hmm. which I haven't actually read it because I want to, I want to see what's uh, what's what's the go. So this is <clears throat> this is interesting because I feel like you've already gone through a recession in your life. You've gone through um, times where cash flow is absolutely tough, where you had debt and you had to go back into survival mode. Yeah. Um. And and this is sort of like um you know a, a short list of things you can do in order to make it a little bit easier. You know, in a recession, most people are going to do it tough, but these are sort of things that you can do a little bit ahead of time um, in order to make make that uh, 
recession period a little bit easy for you. Do you want to tell people where you got that list from? So this uh, list, this list is from the pennyhoarder.com. So this is a lot about, you know, making money, saving money, budgeting, debt, retirement. It's a good source of information. Just to, uh, just to, uh, just to give credit where credit is due. So number one thing you should do, uh, start hoarding your pennies, which is the, the name of this website. But um, essentially have some money saved away. Have some sort of um, have some sort of emergency fund or some sort of cushion. There are times when in a recession you might not have a job, you don't have that cash flow, and you might need to sort of dig into your emergency emergency fund to pay for um, an emergency expense. Mm. Um, actually, there's a good book about that. It's called The Barefoot Investor. Um, have you heard of it? I have. I haven't uh, read his uh, his book. I'll put it on the show notes. And it was a really, really, really good book to get you through tough time because it actually teaches you how to save. The mindset, like just to give uh, a short summary of what the mindset that the barefoot investor actually tries to teach you is to think of your uh, income as separate buckets. Okay. Separate buckets. Like for for example, for you, in your case, it's like, yeah, have one bucket for emergency, one bucket for just regular savings, long-term savings, and one bucket for daily daily expenditures. Also have one, like if you want one, one bucket for, you know, fun spending, just make sure that you have some, something in there so that you don't dig into your other buckets. Yeah, so I, I've always had basically just one bucket. You know, I, I've been pretty good in, in terms of managing my money, but certainly I think I can be more disciplined if I had those buckets. Yeah. I mean, if you put it on automation, which a lot of banks allows you to do, like, you know, transfer your money at uh, yeah, yeah. like X amount of, uh, after X amount of days into separate like accounts, you could do it that way. And um, what I've actually implemented as well is opening up an ING account. ING have a really good saving uh, account that you can like put in, you now put your money in where it's a very high savings, uh, savings account in terms of interest. And also the, the fun thing that I love about ING that I don't see in ANZ or Commonwealth, sorry to drop names, but this is what I see in ING is they allow you to um, save your pennies, right? So it's called Roundup. Right? So ING have this Roundup feature where say you buy a coffee for $3.50, what that, what that feature will allow you to do is like round it up to $4 and put that 50 cents into a savings account. And it does that automatically for you. That's pretty cool. I actually yeah. have ING. I didn't know there was that, that feature. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you, should, uh, you should use it. It's actually something that you, you don't even think about, right? And you also have the nice benefit of seeing round numbers in your bank account as well. So, hey, that's a good thing, right? That's, that's also true. Number two, this is something that uh, I think this is really almost the, this is really what this podcast is about. And number two is get a side gig. And in, in, in a recession, there's always a chance that you lose your job when companies sort of tighten the belt. What do you do when you lose your job? Trying to find another job. Or if you already have a side gig going, focus on that. That's a good way to you know, bring in a, a separate income. And I think that's what most people who are you know, working full-time, like myself, don't really, don't really think about having a, a side gig. Because they think, you know, and, and, and it's probably true for the most part that full-time job takes care of all their bills and, and you know, whatever else they, they fund their lifestyle. There's no need to have a side gig. But what happens when a recession comes yeah. what happens when you know you can keep your job but they're gonna have to drop your paycheck because they can't afford um you know the the, the kind of income you're, you're on um in which case having a, a side gig certainly helps could be anything right like i mean the internet is a beautiful place 
You can do so much on it. You don't even need to spend a lot of time on your side gig. Even if it's like a couple bucks every week, like $10, $20, even like 100 bucks every weekend, that's $100 more than you would have normally. I mean, it could, right. it could be literally anything. Yeah. It could and be I, cleaning a house or something. You know? It could yeah. be anything. Just put your, lower your standard a little bit. Don't, <laughs> don't be like, oh, I'm too good to, to sweep a house, uh, sweep the floor or like uh, clean windows. Man, windows cleaner make a ton of money. Mm. They make a ton of ton of money per job. I think it was like uh, one job. My friend told me he he did uh, windows cleaning for a while. I think one job like brought him four hundred bucks, around four hundred bucks for like one or two hours worth of work. Right? I'll tell you this: if I do lose my job and I have to clean cars, I probably be pretty happy, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll be down for that. Yeah, side side gigs doesn't bring a living sort of income. No, but it could. But if it doesn't and you lose your full-time job, at least you have something coming, uh, in. coming in. And all you have to do is, you know, lower your standard of living for a little bit and then you'll be able to survive to weather the storm out. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think that's also one of the points. But um, oh, well, we'll move to the next point anyway. Uh, the third point is uh, pay down your debts. So paying off your credit card now will help you free money up in the future when, you know, when if you do lose your job or whatever having liquid cash certainly helps and having liquid cash in your hands instead of going towards your credit card. I wish that was the case for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I maxed out my credit card trying to survive <laughs> in the last couple of months. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when people are in survival mode, I mean, what, what, what is that? What is that like for people who have never, never really dealt with true survival mode before? What, what is that like? I have to say the most important thing if you're in survival mode, right? You look in your bank account, you're, it's at zero and you got nothing left. Scrape around, there's money somewhere, right? And as, 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 as we said previously, no one wants you to go bankrupt. No. no one wants you to not pay them. So it helps talking to people, talking to your creditors, right? right? If you ignore them, if you're afraid of talking to someone because they're calling you just to ask for money, then you're only gonna make it worse for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, people want to hear from you. They don't want you to, to hide away in a little hole and not pay them. Because if you don't open up a channel of communication to your creditors, first thing they're going to do is after calling you two times, three times, they're going to go straight to a debt collector. And that's when it's, it gets bad. Right. I wouldn't want to deal with a debt collector. No. So as soon as no. it goes to a debt collector, you, you start like incurring legal bills and whatnot. And that's when the debt compounds on itself. All right. So definitely well, don't want to get to, uh, yeah. to that point. Yeah. So. And this is something I talk to Ron all the time is people need to start thinking in the gray area. Nothing is black and white, nothing. And I'm a firm believer of that. I think I started developing this, this mindset sort of recently. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really a case by case basis, right? You really look, need to look at your situation and say, and, and see what's the most important thing you need to tackle first, right? If it's, if it's like, all right, cool. If you already looked at your debt, you looked at your creditors and actually talked to them about it. The next step is to, figure out a way to bring in some money. doesn't matter what. Lower your standard of living, as I said before, and also lower your standard of jobs because there's a lot of people out there looking for people to work for them, right? If, if you think, yeah, I mean, in terms of lowering your, your lifestyle, it, I don't think it's super difficult. If you think about what you can save, what kind of, um, I mean, I'll ask you now, what kind of um, subscriptions do you have? Oh, uh, like straight up uh, Netflix. I have uh, Apple, like Apple Plus, Whatever, whatever that is, I have Disney Plus. I have, I like Disney what? Plus. 
I had Disney Plus. Oh, I canceled it like yesterday. So, <laughs> hey, just before, just before my my renewal, right? Yeah. I, I actually like subscribed to Disney Plus because of like the Mandalorian. But I digress. Uh, so there's that. There's also Amazon? you know Amazon Plus. Uh, no, sorry, Prime. Amazon Prime. Sorry, Amazon Prime. You know, there's I don't have eBay Plus, but I had that. But I canceled that a while too. ago. At one point. Uh, what about uh, YouTube Premium? Yeah, YouTube Premium. But like we share that amongst well, yeah, that's, that's so well, so like the expense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's and and I'm sure you know you got your other software subscriptions as well no, maybe no, not, not no? really okay. i'm actually pretty good with that nowadays <laughs> i look for <laughs> software that i like outright yeah i try to anyway yeah so i mean there's 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 certainly ways you can drop your lifestyle a little bit you know hey just deal with a youtube ad you know it's, it's not it's not it's not going to kill you and um you know you can probably easily save 30 maybe no, 20 30 bucks a week a month maybe yeah Read, read, um, read the Barefoot Investor. I, I highly recommend it because it actually tells you to sit down, open a spreadsheet, and literally go through all your spending down to the dollar. And you'd be, you'd be so surprised. And you know, the thing is, if you do that, um, and I did this myself as well. If you do that and put everything on a spreadsheet and also calculate the amount of percentage in in the pie chart, you'd be so surprised how much you spend on things that you don't really need to spend on. Yeah, and, and, and what, what was it a, do you think it was a painful process to sort of list things out that you- No, no, no? It's, it's really not. Like everybody's got a pattern. Yeah. A pattern too, like in, in terms of their lifestyle. I kind of feel like there are a lot of people who avoid doing that because they don't want that reality check that they spend, you know, $50 a week on bullshit stuff that they don't really need to spend on. Man, this podcast is about self-awareness. So if, you, if you're not doing that already, if you're not trying to figure out like how, to, 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 like how you spend, then that's probably the first step you should look into, into, into self-awareness, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people buy shit because they can afford it, but just because they can afford it doesn't mean it's something that they need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the point Ron was trying to make is get rid of the subscription if you don't need it. You can always go back when times are good. You can always subscribe to uh, to the subscriptions again, but hey, anyways, next point. So number four is probably something a little bit out of our depth, but it's basically um, adjusting your four hundred one k, which is the American superannuation, yeah, or your investment portfolio. Uh, I don't think we'll touch too much into this, but essentially, it's saying that if you're in an age where um, you know you're looking at retirement and you want to and, and you want you know a pension when you have enough money to live off when you retire and you sort of have a feeling that maybe you should de-risk a little bit, you probably should get away from those very high growth um, stocks just so that uh, if there is a crash, there is a recession, that your <laughs> your life savings, your retirement, uh, your retirement um, account don't just yeah, build down to nothing. I think it's, I think, I think it's like above the, uh, the, uh, the demographic of our audience as far as I see anyways. So we'll move into the next point then. Um, number five, be a superhero at work. What does that mean? As I said, during a recession, employees tend to tighten the belt. You want to be the best employee, so you don't. You're not on the on the short list to get fired. Start groveling, people. Grovel, grovel. <laughs> you got to hustle. You got to make yourself indispensable. You wanna you wanna show them your worth. You don't want to be number one, number two, number three on that short list of people to get canned. Suck it up. Get that coffee for your boss. Oh, mate, <laughs> do whatever you can. Do whatever you can. Late nights, whatever. You just got to gotta deal with it. Number six, right now you might have a job. You might have a pretty cushy job. Um, but never, I mean, I think this is in general as well, but 
don't get lulled into complacency. Always be ready to look for a new job. Um, and that means have your resume updated, have your LinkedIn page updated and just keep networking, keep talking to people. I think this point's for you, man. Absolutely. Uh, my LinkedIn page is not, um, it's not updated. Uh, my resume I haven't touched since I started this new job. It's probably time for me to refresh it a little bit. Mm. Now to your point with this, this point, the thing as well is like, I want to in- inject some self-awareness into this as well. Like, um, sure. so be a superhero at work. Not only that, be a superhero in your industry, be a superhero in your interest. Like if you go into this work in this field of work, then that, that means you have some sort of interest in it. So what, what better ways than to start documenting it, whether it be blog, podcasting, uh, you know, vlog, all these things, even like keep a journal, right? This will help you understand yourself more in terms of your, in terms of your, of your industry and also how you approach your job. So that's also one way you could improve yourself. Like LinkedIn has a feature where you can actually write blog posts on LinkedIn. This will show people that you are a leader in your field. And from then, then jobs are just going to be falling on your, on your lap. Absolutely. And this is sort of a, an expansion to, to that list and, and to your point as well. And that's learning a new skill or upskilling. You know, during a time when there is plenty, when, you know, your, your, uh, your job's not at risk, when you've got good cash flow coming in, that's a good time to invest in learning a new skill for yourself. You know, there, there could be a time when, you know, your, your employer fires you because of the whole recession, belt tightening. You will probably wish you had a, a, another skill that can help you um, survive through this, um, through, through, the, through the tough times. I'm a big proponent of that. Just keep learning. Like you never know what skills you might need. It doesn't matter if it's not making you any money right now. It could make you money down, down the future. Learn photography. Learn uh, how to write. Learn how to code. Learn how to code. Learn well, how what's to, a to graphic design yeah. or what's the other Be one? Be a handyman uh, if you like you're working with your hands, all that stuff. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, um, and, and, and the great thing is that there's so many free or very low cost courses out there. You just have to look for it. You just got to um, spend time on it. Unsponsored, unsponsored plug. You can check out Skillshake and check out Udemy. All these sites have ton and ton of of, uh, of courses that you can learn new things about. Also, YouTube University, plainyoutube.com. God, you can, <laughs> I learned how to edit a podcast just yeah. watching YouTube. Come on. Yeah. You can do it. Absolutely. There's, um, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can certainly do to prepare yourself um, for a session and, um, that was just a very short list. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add to this? No, I think I think we're good. You want to um, Any um, final thoughts on the uh, coronavirus? What changes are going to make? Um, changes wise, I think I'm just going to diversify my income stream a little bit more. Um, not just rely on my business. Yeah, figure out like you know this is why I picked up a job. I work two days a week in a camera store. It satisfies satisfies my passion but also brings me a little bit of income. So this is a very quick point as well. Um, your, <laughs> your dad added me to, to uh, Facebook. He's a hustler. The guy is a hustler. He took no time to send me an, invita- an invitation to like two of his new businesses. Like the same day I accepted his uh, rent request. Um, the guy is pretty, I mean, the guy's a hustler. I mean, I, I don't know what, those businesses, like where, where he is in terms of those businesses, but the guy's pivoting left, right, and center. He's, he's that's the that's the way to go, and I admire him for it. Like that for that for that skill he has, he's always looking for for something new in the horizon, something new to learn, something new to figure out how to make money out of. And, right? and just a very quick question: Was that sort of in response to sort of what's happening now with the environment? Yep. Yeah. So that's that's one way he, he looks at it. Like, oh, cool. Um, I don't have any more income on this this yeah. avenue. Got to keep looking. So rather than completely just 
getting out of the whole market game. He's almost using his skill set in that market game to build something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a topic in itself, and like we'll, we'll talk about that. It's admirable. Anyways, guys, thank you very much for listening. By the way, just if you have listened to this on Apple Podcasts, consider giving us a five star review. Don't consider, sorry, just give us a five star review. Leave us a leave us a decent comment. We'll respond to it. We'll feature it on our, on our podcast. If you listen to spot, uh, listen to our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, all that, all that jazz, do the same. Leave us a five star review, and also you can support us on. Uh, you can certainly support us on our Amazon link. Um, so if you want to um, purchase something through Amazon, I don't know, toilet paper is still on the um, on the list of things you can buy. But um, I think hand sanitizer is probably off the table as well. But if there's some some other stuff that you want to buy, bum to help. Oh, a bum gun. I'm sure there's a, like a few of those. Bucks. Yeah. So like 30 bucks a pop. That's it. And um, all you have to do is use our link, um, buy whatever you're going to buy already, and we get a very, very small kickback from from Amazon. Not not you guys. You don't pay us anything. We get a kickback from a trillion-dollar business. There, there we go. So it's it's it a drop in the cost you, It doesn't cost you any extra. So, for example, you buy the bum gun for 30 bucks, we'll probably get like maybe a $2 or $3 out of that. That's it doesn't cost you any extra. You, you still get, get your bum gun. You still get your bum clean. And you still get this podcast for free. The other way you can uh, support us is through uh, Patreon. At this point, I think I don't think there's any sort of unique content or anything, but um, I think we will create unique content. And the first unique content that we will create, should we get a Patreon subscriber or whatever you call them, is uh, it's probably a video of me eating some lettuce. Um, Exciting on my um, on my journey towards um, chopping down seven five kilos. How's that going, by the way? Um, Quickly, not well, to be honest. Yeah, blame the coronavirus. Well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I will blame the coronavirus. Yeah, uh, everybody's doing it tough, including yeah. my uh my waistline. Yeah. <laughs> so where can uh, people find us if they want to uh leave a, some feedback, leave some comments or leave a like? Um if you want to get in contact with us, we are also on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Our handle is usually the Escape Rope Podcast or the Escape Rope or Escape Rope. You usually would be able to find us on there with a bright yellow logo with a microphone in it. So that's one way to contact us. Another way is check out our website. We also have an email that you can send us any sort of feedback or comment or you know something. If you dislike us, we'd like to hear that too. Yeah, it'd be good to know what uh, why people hate me. <laughs> Just run, not me. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for, so much for listening. See ya. See ya.